Welcome back to 5070 Mondays. I mean 57 Mondays. Mondays it is. Today, mm. yeah, when Mondays are the best day of the week when you're with us. Today, and when you're listening to more royalty-free music. I'm not yeah. even sure if this one's royalty-free. Well, yeah, it's free music free, free. we don't want to get DMCA'd for yeah. all two Is listeners. this the good one? Okay, yes it is. Yeah. Synth free. Wave. It's close enough, I guess. Today yeah. is a topic. Was the dumb I finally pun. get one. Yeah. The dumb pun I said, 5070, because we're talking about 70s music, the 1970s, that is. That I was intentional, good job. Yeah, it was great. I could talk about 1870s if I wanted to, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> we, got a, we got a whole decade here, and the the... The big thing with this is that there are a lot of artists and a lot of songs and like the way music went in this decade. Uh, you may not attribute a lot of things that you know to the 70s, but a lot of things that you, the listener, may know come from the 70s. That's true. That's and true. And there's a lot that like you don't even think of until you hear a name and you go, oh yeah, I know them. That's like really them. iconic. Yeah. So, so we've got yeah. some bands here. Riley and I will give you the whole rundown of why this decade's music existed. Riley and Matt are spearheading, <laughs> has said, and I am learning yeah. and questioning. Riley, how many episodes have you had in a row? Uh, all of them. Technically all of them, yeah. unless you don't count the first one. <laughs> season one is Riley's season, and I the rest so. of them he just sits in a corner and cries like the rest <laughs> of us. That's okay. Pretty much. Yes. I talk more on days we record than like every other day combined pretty much so yeah. I, as his roommate i can confirm i'm kidding but there you go okay <laughs> before we actually get into it i might as well say i had a uh, i had a physics lab today at like 10 a.m and wow for having five people in a group that was the longest silence there's ever been in my life <laughs> oh that was brutal <laughs> <laughs> with that out of the way 70s music and are yes. we talking about Specifically, yeah, 70s music in regards to American 70s, like what was popular in America. The majority of this music is American, yes. Uh, okay. Is it though? Or American, European, I, I'd say. Little, little like, Canadian. It was popular in America. Oh, yeah. Popular so, yeah. Westerns. We only really know what yeah. we listen to. I'm, I'm sorry. I was thinking of like where they originated from. Uh, I got you. And like honestly, the first bands that come to my head are all from England. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking about like the popular Asian slash African music of the 70s. Yeah. I don't know. I wish I knew about that. That'd be really cool. Yeah, that's really but interesting stuff. Not our expertise. Actually, African kind of has to do with our first band a little bit. Quen. Uh, uh, Queen yeah. is the first one we're going to talk about. Right. Probably uh, the most well-known of the 1970s. So Even I know them. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Even... even yeah. This one who doesn't know anything. Yep. All right. Only culture, it's fine. So it started in in the late '60s. The guitarist uh, Brian May, mm -hmm. who is an astrophysicist. Yeah. What a seriously. guy. Seriously. What a guy. Yeah. And drummer Roger Taylor. They I were think a dentist. Was he the that dentist? That sounds right. That sounds right. I'm pretty sure he was the dentist. Oh, I didn't even know that. He's a dentist. Yeah. Because oh, all uh, of them were because really originally. Oh yeah. Because originally Brian. Brian's and uh, Taylor's band was called like Smile or something yes. yeah. in reference to the drummer being a dentist. Oh, I that's think. Interesting. Yes. Okay. So one one day, one of their adoring fans, who was born in Tanzania, mm. oh, was yeah, an that's African right. country, by the name of Freddie yeah. Bulsara, was like, "Hey, I really like you guys. I don't even. I want to do more things with you." 
And then he uh, kind of realized, hmm, if I want to be famous, I should probably change my last name because people did that a lot. And uh, not sure where he got Mercury from, but it's a cool ass. Freddie Bolsara is Freddie Mercury, probably one of the most famous and definitely one of the greatest vocalists oh, just ever of oh, all yeah. time. The things he did with his voice. Oh my Correction. God, yeah. His first name was actually Farouk, not Freddie. Is that so? Yes, yeah. sir. His birth name. Yes, Farouk, his birth name. Farouk Balsara or whatever. Yep. Fredward. He, he changed to Freddie Mercury. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not just Freddy his stage name, he straight up changed it completely, right? Legally and everything? I'm sure. I'm probably not at first, but like eventually. Oh, yeah. That sounds like something he would do. Yes. A very charismatic individual. Mm -hmm. Yes. So then the three of them kind of broke off and named themselves Queen. And mm -hmm. soon afterward, their bassist John Deacon joined. I think this one. And basically right around the 1970, they got on with it. Queen mm -hmm. and Queen 2 were their first two albums. Yeah. Uh, they were pretty much commercial flops for the most part. Mm -hmm. And then 1974 comes around, the album Sheer Heart Attack, which has the song Killer Queen, their first big hit. Mm -hmm. And, and oddly enough, not sheer heart attack. That would come later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, a lot of bands did that with their album titles and then their song. That's oh, yeah. so weird. <laughs> yeah. I'd also like to say sheer heart attack had bring back that Leroy I Brown. I love that song. I, I unironically love that song. It's amazing. What, do people not like it? I don't know. I, don't, I mean, it's obviously not one of their most popular songs. It's freaking awesome. It's amazing. It's, it's literally about this guy who, like... He, like, falls in love with a girl and then, like, runs for president or something. Yeah, yeah. And he's, like, it's kind of sounds like one of those, like, rest Western Railroad <laughs> tunes that's, like, super fast-paced <laughs> and, like, all kind of banjo-y. Oh, yeah. And that sounds really Queen does it, yeah. and they, like, totally nail it. They have, like, two different pianos going at the same time. It's amazing. What's it called? Great song. Bring back that Leroy Brown. I think I'm adding it to my playlist. From Sheer Heart Attack in 74. I definitely have this on my... As we're going through the episode, it's Riley genius. over here is kind of somewhat oh, recording yeah. the songs that we're going to be talking oh, about, and maybe, maybe not, we'll have a little playlist of all the songs we talk about so that you, the listener, can one day listen. Experience to... the joy. <laughs> Experience the joy of uh, Frosties. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so then... They moved onward. Uh, 1975 brought A Night at the Opera, oh, yes. their next album. At the time, it was the most expensive album ever made really? by anyone ever. Wow. I didn't know that. They used three studios to record this album and huh. 40,000 pound. I'm not sure how that translates to the USD of today, but it was the most expensive album ever made at the time. Um, of course, the leading single from that was Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, of course, of course. It's kind of a funny story to that. Bohemian Rhapsody as a song was just kind of Freddie's idea. It was like his his uh, magnum opus. What or year whatever. was that, Matt? 1975. And uh, he. The, the operatic section that we all know so well was only supposed to be like 30 seconds, but then. Whoever had the ideas just kept on going and going to the point where it's like, what, just short of two minutes? Okay. Sorry. What was that amount? How much? 50... 40,000 pound. Okay. Yeah. In, in American dollars, converting that to today for reference, that is... Yeah. Uh, calculating... 
That is worth $270,000 today. $271,000 today. Holy. For reference of how much money they spent. Also, on an album that's adjusted yeah. for inflation also on a night at the opera was a lot of people like a lot of their like famous songs i believe you're my best friend is from that album yes written by their bassist john deacon mm -hmm. one of the few and it was great mm -hmm. um but yeah bohemian rhapsody oh, uh just kind of became this thing and uh all their record label was like dude you can't release this as a single this makes mm -hmm. no sense it's yeah. not going to do well at all uh -huh. So then one of their, like, radio DJ friends in the U.S., they gave it to him, and this dude was totally just like, because he had his radio show, guys, you know, Queen has this brand new single out, it's six minutes long, there's an operatic section, but I can't release it, I just can't do it, I, I just mm -hmm. can't play it, what do you expect me to do? So naturally, everyone called, was like, yo, you've got to play this, mm -hmm. and he was under legal contract that he wasn't supposed to play it, so, of course, he ended up playing it 14 times over one weekend. Hell yeah. <laughs> Everyone loved it. It was forced to be released. One of the best songs of all time, I would say. Yeah. It was the first single to be, um, this is a weird stat, but in the UK, it was the first single to be number one on Christmas Day twice. Wow. Because in, wow. 19, in 1992, after Freddie Mercury passed oh. away, it was re-released and it went to number one. Makes sense. Wow. Makes sense. That's cool. The first time that ever happened. This band, this they were really groundbreaking. That's yeah. for sure. That's cool. Um, also in 1975, uh, because they were complaining about their record label earlier, because they wouldn't release Bohemian Rhapsody, they got an offer from from Swan Song Records, which was the record label that Led Zeppelin owned. Hell yeah. I'll get to them later, because I know a lot about them. <laughs> but I they declined. Because really? they they were like, oh well, you guys are gonna focus on releasing Led Zeppelin stuff, so we don't want to do that. Fair enough. I thought that, that was interesting. Sense. That is interesting. Basically, like an album per year for Queen here. Next album, A Day at the Races. Hold on. Oh, Before yes. that, uh, another song that I really like from uh, Night at the Opera, uh, Love of My Life. Mm. That one's really good. He wrote it for his then wife. I don't remember her name, but. Uh, Freddie would later come out as gay and they would get divorced, but they, they always stayed uh, really close Tight friends. Friend. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think he actually bought her a mansion to live next to him. <laughs> yeah. uh, what a man. Mary Austin? That sounds right, yeah. Okay. But it, it has a very beautiful like uh, uh, acoustic guitar and piano that uh, go very well together. And of course, Freddie's beautiful voice. Uh, yeah, that's a really good song, too. <laughs> I gotta listen to it. I love me acoustics. Love Anything acoustic. I love acoustics, too. That's a quartet. Anyway, <laughs> okay. next album, All right. 1976, A Day at the Races. At the, races. the lead single most people know from this one is Somebody to Love. Somebody to Love. Uh, it, in 1976, Queen was going to have a performance on like one of those like Today shows, but they had to miss it because I think... Freddie at a doctor's appointment. Hmm. So the Sex Pistols filled in. <laughs> the Sex Pistols, I really don't know much about them, and honestly, I just don't like their music. It's just not yeah. for me. Um, um, yeah, they only ever released one album called Nevermind the Bullets, Here's the Sex Pistols. I've listened to it. Uh, I'm not a really big fan of punk, but they're like one of the most influential punk bands of all time. Uh, if you're interested, I would probably recommend uh, listening to it. Uh, Megadeth did a cover of one of their songs called the 
Anti Antichrist, I think it's called. Oh yeah. I uh, am um, no, maybe not. No, Anarchy in the UK. Anarchy in the UK, yeah. yeah. That was sex <laughs> that was um the Sex Pistols. Mm-hmm. And then their I think their lead guitar overdosed on heroin and they broke up. Yes. Oh, Sid sucks. Vicious. Yeah. Another member of the was he in the twenty seven club? He might have been. That's I the I believe it. club. Either so that or one. even younger. Oh, so but he died. Yeah. Let's see, fifty seven to seventy nine. Yeah, that sounds right. Or, no, no. It's I can't do math quick enough. It's n- it's not 27. Okay. Yeah, that's not 27. But, uh, somebody to love. Is that in any way, shape, or form related to the Blues Brothers? Everybody needs somebody to love? Is I, that a cover of theirs? or? No. I feel like it's an Blues entirely separate song. Okay, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I know it was a meme back in like the 2000s when Justin Bieber was big. He did a cover of Somebody to Love. <laughs> oh, I would not want to listen to that. <laughs> The YouTube comments on Queen's video were suddenly filled like, I can't believe they did a crappy cover of Justin Bieber's song, Somebody to Love. <laughs> what? Oh, wow. No. Gotta love the 2000s. Know oh, your man. stuff. Yeah. Know your music. Yes. Oh, okay. I, I assumed that they, like, were trolling, right? It was in large part joking, yes. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Good, good, good. It's not like today where, like, you go into any jazz and people are like, this gives me Persona 5 vibes. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> we'll talk yeah. about that in another episode. Yes. Yeah, I don't um, really know any other songs from yeah. uh, A Day at the Races, yeah. looking at the track list. The, uh, the Sex Pistols, uh, I know this went in a million different places, but that's what we do best, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Sex Pistols were basically the first band to just be like, screw you to everything and everyone. Mm-hmm. They filled in for Queen on this show, and the dude who was the host of the show didn't like that and was asking them some really demeaning questions. Wow. And all of the members of the band, including uh, Johnny Rotten and the other ones, went on a big, expletive-filled tirade against this guy, and the censors didn't cover it fast enough, so it aired on the BBC. Wonderful. Live. I mean, screw that guy, right? He's literally talking to the Sex Pistols. Yeah. Like... Just their name. Like, come on. You really think you can get away with that? Talking to these, like, 20-year-olds? You're quite vulgar. How do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how not to be a journalist, by oh, the way. Also, talking about the Sex Pistols, they actually didn't choose their name. It's actually the name of a shop, and they were sponsored by that shop, and they decided to call themselves the Sex Pistols after the shop. Interesting. I don't know, I don't know if... I mean, I would assume the Sex Pistols is, like... Like the sh- like the shop, I would assume is like a sex, you know, toy thing. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. I don't know for sure. <laughs> Brought to you by the Sex Pistols. Obey your thirst. Anyway, <laughs> next album, nineteen seventy seven, mm-hmm. called News of the World. Oh yeah. This is the Stadium Rock album. This brought you. We are the champions. This brought you. We will rock you. Oh yeah. Uh, everything you hear oh, at shoot. sports games, this this album, <laughs> this album is that. It's a good way to put it. Uh, wait, I'm sorry, I missed. I was looking for. We that. will rock yeah. you. Yeah. and uh, we are the champions. We are the champions. Yeah, of course. Yes. Um, jazz was the next album. I- I'm sorry. I'm just gonna keep talking like a bit fast. We can go over and like yeah. get some of the things we missed because I know typing takes time. Jazz was their next album in mm-hmm. 1978. Bicycle. I want, what is it called? Bicycle right? Race. Bicycle Race, yeah. Fat Bottom Girls. Hell yeah. Don't Stop Me Now. Don't, don't Stop Me Now. I, I think when it was released, it wasn't, like, it wasn't received as well as their other albums, but, I like, would it's really it. underrated. Yeah. I would believe it. Like, 
Um, I don't know. Just like when did Freddie Mercury pass away? Nineteen ninety-two. Oh, okay, okay. So we won't get to that. Yeah. The, that music in this genre. No. They were fact, together a long time. Wow. I have I the last thing mm-hmm. from Queen here. Their very last single in the seventies, just at the very end of nineteen seventy-nine. Crazy little thing called love. Uh, Ooh, even I've heard of that one. Their their Elvis song, really great. Um, unless you have anything else about Queen, I'm going to transition to the band that almost oh. offered them their own record label, Led Zeppelin, the ultimate dad rock. Dad rock. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You know. Basically, so Crazy in by the time 1970 album. starts for Led Zeppelin, they are well into their career. In fact, it begins with their third album. Mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin 3. Yeah. Uh, the main songs from this that I know are Immigrant Song and Since I've Been Loving You. Um, not much else I really recognized, but the next album, the fourth mm-hmm. album, this has got to be one of the best albums like of all time, in my opinion. Oh, of yeah. Just like my favorite it, songs. It opens with Starway, Stairway to Heaven, right? Or I, does it not open with it? But like, I know it's on there, but... Yes, it, it closes side one. Because they still had oh. records in the 70s, so you had to turn the thing over to keep listening to oh, it. Wow. Yep. Um, their, their, album, <laughs> it's, wow. their album is untitled. They didn't give it a title for commercial release, so it's most oh, yeah, often called Led Zeppelin IV, the yeah. fourth album, or Untitled. The yeah. cover had like the four, four symbols, symbols yeah. of each of the band members, which yeah, have become icons of their own. Mm-hmm. Here are, first time ever seeing any of those symbols. I have only yeah. not listened yeah. to two songs on here, but oh, it has really? it has eight. Black Dog, Rock and Roll, The Battle of Evermore, Stairway to Heaven, I'm sorry, Riley, Misty Mountain yeah. Hop, uh, these are the two I haven't listened to, How Four Sticks and Going to California, and When the Levee Breaks. So many great songs here. I could talk about like each of these for a while. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to talk about The Battle of Evermore, okay. because... Uh, when I've I've mentioned Led Zeppelin to these guys in the past, and most people know of Led Zeppelin, yep. their songwriting can be put into two categories: unforgivably horny, just yeah. so <laughs> ungodly horny, but that's, too horny for their own good. That's honestly all rock, though. Yes. You think so? Oh yeah. Elvis Presley is the king of rock, and he he loved his women while singing. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Led Zeppelin. I, I half their songs were like just too horny for their own good and the other half is very like warlocks and dungeons and wizards and, dungeons uh, and dragons. War- Lord of the Rings ask they loved their fantasy. Mm-hmm. The just... Battle of Evermore is about five and a half minutes long. This is a perfect example of one of those. It's a folk duet um, sung by their lead vocalist uh, Robert Plant and a guest star Sandy oh. Denny. Which Robert is Plant is also one of the best singers of all time, I would say. Oh, like, yeah. His guttural screams. Yeah. Are... He popularized that style. Oh, yeah. His guttural screams are, like, so recognizable. Like I think I've never heard his name before. Robert Surprise. Plant. Robert Fair Plant, enough. yes. And, of course, there's a band today, Greta Van Fleet. I love Greta Van Fleet. And hey. Greta gets a lot of flack because yeah. they say they sound... They're, they're, they're just basically covering Led Zeppelin, which is false, but the I he can't the reason they say that like Robert Plant. Yeah, because his voice sounds so much like him and he Robert Plant Robert Plant's voice is so iconic that anyone who even sings like that is, oh you're just doing a Led Zepp impersonation. 
cannot so. what your voice sounds like when you're singing. True. Yeah. So that just shows their legacy on the rock world. Oh, and yeah. also Misty Mountain Hop, the first track on side two, uh, that is the opener for the first marching band show I've written oh. about <laughs> mountains. Matt writes shows for fun. Why actually do homework when I can do that, right? Yeah. Who yes. does homework? Fourth album, uh, they're they're freaking huge. Uh, 1973 is their next album, Houses of the Holy. Love this one. Some of the songs on here are The Song Remains the Same, Over the Hills and Far Away. Um, there's one spelled D-Y-E-R-M-A-K-E-R. It looks like Dire Maker, yeah. but you say it with an accent. So it's actually Dime. called Jamaica. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Jamaica. If you spell it out, it looks like Dire Maker. It's pronounced Jamaica. All right. There are, there are, there are dumber words. Yes. Colonel. True. And no quarters from that album, which I really like. So then they go on tour in 1973, and they break multiple attendance records. Wow. It was basically all the ones set by the Beatles before them. And Led Zepp breaks all of them. They're the new biggest band in the world, basically. Yeah, wow. that's fair. They started their label, their own label, Swan Song Records, in 1974, which they offered Queen to sign, and they declined, of course. What were you going to say? Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, just thinking about Led Zeppelin, uh, you, they're them and Black Sabbath, who we'll also probably talk about in a little bit. Yes. They're considered, like, the pioneers of metal. And mm -hmm. uh, Queen, going back to Queen, one of the songs that I forgot about uh, that I really like is called Stone Cold Crazy. Oops, I spelled it wrong. Uh, that, uh, Metallica would eventually cover that song. And honestly, like the way it's written, how fast it is, it's considered one of the first thrash metal songs. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. It's, a, it's one of the uh, roots of thrash metal, I would say. Interesting. Uh, yeah, sorry about the interruption. Go, go back is, to uh, Is Led Zeppelin American or no. They British? are English. Yeah. English, okay. Led Zeppelin and Queen are English. Okay, yeah. makes and, sense. And Black Sabbath and Sex Pistols. Basically everyone we've mentioned up until this point. Makes and ACDC is Australian. Aussie, yeah. They're Aussie. Interesting. Yeah. I never knew that. It's cool. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. Like, you hear these names all the time. Oh, my God. Queen. Oh, my God. Led Zeppelin. And a lot of people, if you just listen to their, like, only Stairway to Heaven and, like, Somebody to Love, you think, like, yeah, okay, whatever. But it's because of the little stuff like that, like, almost kind of inventing thrash metal, for mm. instance. <laughs> and that is why they are so iconic. Yeah. Almost a decade before thrash metal became, like, almost mainstream. Like, huge influences on the rest of music, of course, in their immediate future in the 80s and today. Just great. 1975 is their next album, Physical Graffiti. Um, now, remember how their last album was called Houses of the Holy? Well, the album Physical Graffiti contains a song called Houses of the Holy. Not confusing <laughs> at all. <laughs> the, uh, the other good ones on this are Cashmere and Trampled oh, yeah. Underfoot. Cashmere is iconic. Yes. And that That's one of the first bass lines I ever learned. Cashmere. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, maybe not. Wait, maybe not Cashmere. Maybe it was one of their 60s albums. Like, uh, it's very basic. Like, Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah, that's Cashmere. Yeah, oh, that is Cashmere? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Riley plays bass guitar. I do, yeah. Bit. I was going to yeah. save this for later, but since I'm here, so the four members of Led Zeppelin, uh, Robert Plant, of course, vocalist, 
was often shirtless on stage. Um, mm -hmm. Rocked the dad bod and the hairy chest, of course. Hot. Jimmy Page was their guitarist. He had, you know, the double-necked guitar, which was just unreal at the time. Mm -hmm. One of the most influential guitarists ever. Definitely. Uh, of course, me as a drummer, I know and love John Bonham. He sure did love his vodka, but he was also... <laughs> Um, he was also a great drummer, particularly I like the way he approaches the bass drum. It's very melodic, he used it a lot more, and like almost played it in unison with the bass guitar, which is something I've implemented in my drum set drumming style. Interesting, interesting. Matt's, a very, Matt's main instrument, if you will, is drum set. Very sure. much so. Mm -hmm. And then there's the bassist, John Paul Jones. The fact that I say, and he's the bassist, those three guys take all the attention. John Paul Jones is one of the greatest bassists ever. This was just a band of freaking legends. Mm -hmm. And if you're into this kind of stuff, I highly suggest you look up the song Ramble On. And the isolated bass track for that song is just, you cannot have a bad day while listening to that bass track. <laughs> it's just so good. That guy just... Damn. Like the most melodic bass you've ever heard, but it fits the occasion. It's just, he was great. This cool. whole band is great. <laughs> Real quick, yeah. is uh, John Bonham the drummer who wore only a sock on stage? <laughs> no. is, that, is that John Bonham or is he that might have. drummer? I'm not um, sure. You might be talking about Flea, who's a bassist for Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, they did a show like almost completely in the nude, and I think he had a oh. sock on his penis. Okay, maybe mm -hmm. it was Flea then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we're talking about fully nude with socks on their dicks, Led Zeppelin did not do that. Okay, so, then. Yeah. Okay. Sounds but like some Keith Moon shit. I think Red Ch Hot Chili Peppers is nineties. I think. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I don't know why I was thinking John Bonham for that for some reason. Mm -hmm. Thank the, you. The yeah. midway, well, like, 76, 77 is when the tragedies start to begin. Robert Plant, in 1976, got in a bad car crash with his wife, and his wife had to be saved by, like, a blood transfusion. It was wow. serious. Um, this was when they recorded their album Presence, because they had to take a stop from touring. Um, this has Achilles' Last Stand, which is 10 minutes long. Ooh. And Nobody's Fault But Mine, which is an old blues cover from the 1920s. Ooh, they that's liked, cool. They like to do that a is lot. That, would it be Robert Johnson? Yes. I love Robert Johnson. Same I with When the Levee Breaks. That's mm, also an old blues I, cover. I, I that love, makes sense. I love Robert Johnson. Can I go on a little tirade about Robert Johnson? Cause yes. Because we won't have a 30s episode, and he yeah. was most famous in the 30s. So Robert Johnson... Uh, he first came onto the scene as a blues uh, singer and he was booed off the stage because he was so shit. Mm -hmm. Th like three years later, he came <laughs> back and he was the greatest guitar player of the era. And people were so confused and like had no idea how he managed to do that that uh -huh. they started legends that he sold sold his soul to the <laughs> devil <laughs> yeah so that's probably Damn. where like rock got its association with the devil and, interesting uh, yeah it's satanic music mm -hmm. you can't listen to that mm -hmm. it's not pure exactly <laughs> but yeah robert johnson like i believe actually in the 70s they released all of his music in an album so actually this kind of fits mm -hmm. but yeah i would definitely check out robert johnson he's like considering that the music is almost a hundred years old it's like phenomenal wow yeah 
That's incredible. Like, if it were released today with our recording technology, you'd think, like, oh, yeah, that's another song. It's, like, yeah, popular today. That's like, cool. rock song. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, Robert yeah. Johnson is a cool guy to look into. I, I believe there's actually so. a little documentary about him on Netflix if you search hard enough. Very interesting. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Don't we love music? All right. Mm. Um, yeah, music. So back to the tragedies. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Man. Yeah. Let's so go back to that. That 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 is okay. Um, <laughs> so there was the car crash in '76. Then the following year, 1977, Robert Plant again. His five-year-old son died from oh. a stomach virus. Oh, no. It was brutal. Oof. Um, their final album, released in 1979, was called In Through the Outdoor. This includes In the Evening, Fool in the Rain, which was one of my favorite drum set grooves of all time. You can't have a bad day while listening to that. And as it turned out, their final big hit, All My Love. And then the following year, in 1980, John Bonham decided he liked alcohol so much that one day for breakfast, he consumed, what was it, like 20-something shots? Something unforgivable like that? And he choked on his own vomit in his sleep passed away and something that a lot of bands didn't used to do um was like or something they used to do was get a new like member if someone died that's what acdc did for instance Mm -hmm. led zeppelin was groundbreaking because they were kind of they were still really really popular they weren't in their prime but they were really popular and they were one of the first to make the decision to just stop altogether because in their minds no one could replace john bonham that just wasn't worth it and in 1980 their career ends way cut short one of the best bands ever huge part of my childhood (laughs) please it's it's fitting that we're doing this in college um (laughs) i'm actually going to cut down to black sabbath i did not take any notes on them riley take it away son what did this aussie kid do oh hell (laughs) yeah he did a lot didn't he so black sabbath started their career in 1968 under the name earth and later they just decided to change it because that name was awful uh, so I'm gonna s- actually, uh, yeah, their first album, Black Sabbath, came out in 1970, so just barely making the deadline. Uh, this gave us some, uh, some of their, some of my favorite songs by them, such as Black Sabbath, and, uh, NIB was also on that album, which would later be released on, like, a compilation album, like, in the 2000s on its own, but in Black's, like, their first album, it was... They had like three or four songs on it, but really like like uh, the song that NIB was in was like a bass solo and then NIB and then like another song and then another one and then another like break into an actual song again. Uh, but yeah. Uh, then after Black Sabbath came probably the one of the pioneering albums of metal in general, uh, Paranoid. So the title track, Paranoid. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then there was War Pigs, which was great. You sang it just like that. Exactly. Yeah, uh, War Pigs was great. Uh, I didn't take notes, because I just, uh, like how I usually do it, I, I just wing it, just talk about whatever I think yeah. about the time. Uh, That's what we love. So, <laughs> yeah, so. I won't have as in-depth stuff as Matt did because I I didn't do actually any uh, research. I am running up the clock. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else, what else was on Paranoid? Let me think. Uh, 
Let me get to it. <laughs> While he's looking for that, the one thing I know about Black Sabbath is uh, right when COVID-19 hit in March, there was a video of Italians. I'm not sure what city it was, but like in a lot of Italian cities, it's not like the U.S. Mm. A lot of them live in these like apartments and oh, there are just a ton of them. That's where oh, like basically man. the family lives. And someone was playing Black Sabbath out of their window. So all these mm -hmm. Italians started like singing along to some Black Sabbath song. Mm -hmm. And it was like one of the first big videos during quarantine. Like, see guys, we're okay. I but it was actually that. a really cool moment. I that's do remember really that. Cool. Yeah. Wow, honestly, honestly, almost all of Black Sabbath's are paranoid. You know, that album is iconic, at least to me. Mm -hmm. uh, it goes War Pigs, then Paranoid, then Planet Caravan, which not, a, not as many people probably know, but uh, Pantera did a cover of it on one of their albums. And it like, it's really like psychedelic honestly uh psychedelic metal is probably the closest way to describe it interesting. Oh, yes. and interesting, interesting enough there are lyrics but it takes a backseat to like the guitar oh that's really uh, unique and then iron man which is probably one of the most iconic metal songs of all time why am iron man you know that one <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, fantastic. Which actually came out you. before Marvel's uh, Iron Man was named. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. Check Marvel stole it. Marvel Atheists. stole it, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I bet, the, I bet the comics came out first, though. Mm -mm. No, even before the comics? Well, I mean, Marvel was a thing, but they didn't have Iron Man as a character. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. We can't say Black Sabbath <laughs> was the reason, but it's worth pointing out. Yeah, no, I mean, it probably wasn't. I don't think... I mean, Black Sabbath was, like, I'm sure popular, but it, I'm sure it wasn't, like, played on the radio, and I'm sure, like, artists didn't know Iron Man as a song. Oh, yeah, all this music we're talking about anyway is more like the rock music, the yeah. popular music of the day. I, I can get into that at some point. Yeah. It wasn't really that. If you, like, turned on your, you know, 101.9 The Mix, it was, like, Disco, disco and, you know, disco oh, that's yeah. the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, I, I like, like it, and all those ones. <laughs> DMCA, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're too accurate in our My singing. Yeah. yeah, dude. Mm -hmm. I sound just like Casey in the Sunshine Band. <laughs> and, yeah, side two of Paranoid, probably not as iconic, uh, but I love all of the tracks. Uh, Hand of Doom is great. Electric Funeral is great. Hand of Doom is about uh, heroin addiction, actually. Uh, how, uh, how you can be your own Hand of Doom. How you can you're killing yourself to live basically interesting uh electric funeral is about war a, a lot of black sabbath what made it different than a lot of the rock and what influenced metal in the future it was a lot darker than a lot of the other stuff that was coming out during the day like how we were talking about how um led zeppelin uh, led zeppelin was all fantasy and sex yes uh black sabbath was all like is the government really good like and our drugs like drugs are fun but they really fuck you up later yeah and wow that's, yeah that's not something you expect from any musician nowadays now yeah, i don't I know so. much about pink floyd but then they kind of took that formula yeah, yeah, a bit yeah. too yeah and then there's like that code thing with pink floyd that i don't really know that much about but yeah oh <laughs> yes yeah uh oh also i forgot to mention uh iron man uh, the story of Iron Man is actually nothing like Iron Man, the character from Marvel. 
So in Iron Man, he there's a time traveler and he witnesses the end of the world caused by this like giant metal being. So he travels back through time to warn people and he gets trapped in an electric storm and becomes the Iron Man and uh, nobody helps him and he is fused with the metal and he can't, they don't know if he's alive, if he's moving, but then he gets so angry that he causes the end of the world, repeating the cycle. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, he's that's a, that's a song. Wow, songwriting, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. By the wow. way, the whole Pink Floyd thing is that their uh, their album "Dark Side of the Moon." Um, if you play it alongside the Wizard of Oz oh. soundtrack, <laughs> apparently they m- latch up like perfectly, which is also like the inspiration of the album cover because of like, oh, it's a rainbow and you know, all that good stuff. I was actually talking about something else where like somebody online made like, or I don't know if it was online, but there's like a code that you had to decipher and you would get like a million dollars or something. Oh. <laughs> I don't I don't remember what it was exactly. That's Dial weird. up the lottery, be like, I've listened to these three albums. I know the secrets of life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, I didn't talk about the members of uh, Black Sabbath. Yeah. So, uh, the original lineup had Ozzy Osbourne as the, uh, as the vocalist. Mm-hmm. He's one of the most iconic vocalists also of all time. Isn't he a rapper? Ozzy Osbourne? Yeah. No. I thought he was a modern day rapper. No. What? Dude, he's like 70. What? I don't even know what name is similar enough to Ozzy Osbourne it's, to the point where you'd think he'd be a modern rapper. Like a rapper name. Ozzy Osbourne? Are you yeah. thinking about Ollie Murs? No, he does pop. Yeah. Ozzy Osbourne sounds like a... I don't know. This I mean, is why we call him an uncultured swine. Yeah, yeah, there's no numbers in it. It's not misspelled. Like, it, <laughs> I don't know. I'm teasing, knocking on rappers, <laughs> but I legitimately thought that was a modern-day rapping musician. No, nope. Actually, I think he's collabed with Post Malone, which might be why he's Oh, okay, that's that. probably oh, why. But, yeah, okay. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Besides Ozzy Osbourne, there's Tony Iommi. He's one of the most, probably one of the, okay, all of these guys are legends also. Oh yeah. So I'm going to be repeating like one of the best, you know. Uh, we are just circle jerking these bands. That's what's happening here. <laughs> yeah, more or less. So one of my favorite facts about Tony Iommi is before he was in uh, Black Sabbath or Earth or whatever, or maybe even during, he worked in a in a factory and he lost the tip of his pointer and, Ooh, ri- and oh, middle yeah. finger. Ooh. and he has to play the guitar. He um, he has metal tips for his fingers, so that's dope as that's hell. That's pretty cool. <laughs> which also influenced like how he played the guitar because like yeah. it would vibrate with the strings, so like it would it would like change how he the guitar sounds. He felt the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah he <laughs> literally feel the music. That's amazing. And then there's Geezer Butler, who is the who is the <laughs> bassist. <laughs> well, that, that's his nickname. Oh, Apparently, yeah, his real sense. name is Terrence Michael Joseph. Geezer in quotes Butler. Uh, <laughs> middle name. Yeah, Geezer Butler is one of my influence is in taking up the guitar in general. Uh, the song NIB, uh, which opens with uh, the bass solo called Basically, B-A-S-S-I-C-A-L-L-Y. Okay. Uh, uh, that's a good pun. Yeah. <laughs> one of the, a great, a great bass solo. Uh, NIB would later be retconned into meaning nativity in black or something like that, but it originally referred to uh, Geezer Butler's uh, goatee. Oh, really? Yeah, his nib. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I did that. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and Bill Word, who is the drummer, uh, I don't really know that much about him, but on, uh, on Paranoid, he had a song called Rat Salad, 
and that was basically <laughs> that was basically <laughs> that was basically a whole uh, drum solo for him. Good stuff. Every mm-hmm. band has one. Yeah, well, of course. He's a great one. Yes. Um, and then there's Master of Reality, which is their third album, and I don't know all that much about um, like all of the history of Black Sabbath in the '70s because I more or less stopped listening to them after Ozzy left. But there's still a couple uh, with Ozzy uh, left. So, uh, Master of Reality, another great album, three in a row, uh, had the song uh, Sweet Leaf, which uh, starts with uh, an frankly iconic cough after Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> took a huff of marijuana. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, oh I love the 70s. God. I, yeah. <laughs> it's great. That opens the album, by the way. <laughs> He goes, <coughs> 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 You can't see, but I'm facepalming pretty hard now. But did he cough in time? I mean, there wasn't really time at the beginning. Did he count it off? One, two, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, there wasn't really um, time at the beginning, so hey, it's um, fine. <laughs> I actually, I'm going to say something. We're probably going to cut this. So be entertained. So Don't we forget me. Seconds We're to, not cutting uh, that out. To cut it? No. That okay. was it. We're back now. Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, All right. Uh, we're at Congratulations. Three. And we're back. What were we talking about? Black Sabbath? Black Sabbath. Black Master Sabbath. Reality. Their third album. Uh, Black Bat. This was released in 1971, by the way. So this was back in the time when uh, people could release multiple albums in a year and then another one the next year. Yes. So, you know. Uh, <laughs> a trend that died shortly after. Yep. Uh, also off of uh, Master of Reality is the song Children of the Grave, which is another uh, great one. I don't think it's as iconic, but, uh, I mean, metal bands do covers of it today still. Uh, after Master... Or, yeah, Master of Reality. Yeah. <laughs> I almost said Master of Puppets, which we will not get to. Um, is uh, Volume 4, it's called. Volume four, Black Sabbath. Fourth album. Album? Yes, it's their fourth album. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. I'm not used to that. Um, let's see. I don't really know that much about um, Volume Four, but uh, the the one that I would probably say you should listen to, or you probably know, is Changes as the uh, the intro to uh, what's it called, the Puberty Show on Netflix. The Puberty Show. Oh, uh, what is I it? I have no clue what you're talking about. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Big Mouth. Oh. <laughs> I don't the watch Netflix, so. Show. It's about puberty. What yeah, do you mean? Is. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm going through changes. I don't think that would sell as well, honestly. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> what are you watching, son? The Puberty Show? Aren't you 18? No. There you go. Yeah. That's how you learn. It's uh, The version that they have on the show is not the Black Sabbath version, but... Uh, it's a cover of their song. Oh, okay. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Volume 4 is not my favorite. Mm-hmm. And then Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, released in 1973, is the last one that I listened to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ozzy does a couple more albums with them, but they're far worse than the other ones. Um, yeah, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath is the first one where, uh, uh, Tony Iommi has full control over what the band does rather than pretty much everyone else having input. It's oh, yeah. all Tony Iommi's vision. Interesting. Uh, which, I mean, that's a, it's good, but it's just not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, it opens with Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, which is probably 
the most, the the best one off of the album, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. And that's also the name of the album. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. That's all of the albums I know, but from Black Sabbath, but... In 1973, Oz, or 1979, Ozzy Osbourne was kicked out of the band for consuming uh, too much alcohol and drugs. Yes, I and look <laughs> right before this show started recording, I learned that uh, after he got uh, kicked out of the band for three months, he locked himself in a uh, a hotel room and he did copious amounts of uh, drugs and alcohol. And he stated that he would have died had his now wife uh, not told him that she would have. She's gonna sign him to his record label. So, <laughs> wow. One yeah. of many Aussie stories. This dude yeah. was a wild one. Maybe that's mm-hmm. why I thought he was a rapper. Honestly, <laughs> there's a lot of stories like that. Maybe when a rapper bites the head of a bat off on stage. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that's. I wouldn't well, be surprised. That's well, Aussie. That's Aussie. He yeah, did that. All right. right. To be fair, he thought it was a plastic bat. Yeah, he didn't think it was real, but, so. It was late epic prank, bro. Yeah. <laughs> late epic. Thanks, Calvin, you uncultured swine. Uncultured um, swine. Now, this is a really stylistic change-up, but because of uncultured swine, I would like to talk about Stevie Wonder for just a bit. Ooh. Stevie Wonder has a really long-lasting career, so the Ooh. 70s is, like, right in the middle of where he's at. Really, really long-lasting, really influential. Some of his big singles from this year are You and I, We Can Conquer the World, I Wish, Superstition, Sign Sealed Delivered, and You Are the Sunshine of My Life. Wish. So good. Highly recommend. That song slaps grooves. (laughs) Gets in the feels. Yeah, it does. So we talked about like Queen and Black Sabbath kind of influencing the later metal scene. Mm-hmm. If we go all the way to the late 70s, we have the precursor to thrash metal, which is the new wave of British heavy metal. True that. Some of the big bands of this era, Motorhead, mm-hmm. Lemmy, Ace of Spades, Legend, Iron Maiden, popular dad band, Angel Witch, Tigers of Pantang, Venom, oh, Def Leppard, oh of course. God. Venom is great. I, I just recently listened to their, uh, the first couple albums of theirs, uh, mm-hmm. literally called Black Metal, and uh, the, the precursor, then the namesake of Black Metal, Woo! and uh, oh, Welcome to Hell. Sense. Really, really, uh, really fun songs. Probably mm-hmm. not for everybody, uh, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> the they deeper into metal you go, the more... Uh... The more specific. This is when the, the edgy tone hit. really starts to kick in. Gotcha. That's when the bite really starts to come in. Yeah, exactly. And of yeah. course, of all of these, my personal favorite, Diamond Head. And uh, Am I Evil? One of the. Metallica did a cover oh, of yeah. their song, Am I Evil? Am I Evil? And it's really good. Isn't it yes, like. Yes, I am. Isn't it one of their live staples? Oh, yeah. Like Metallica? Uh, Back when the big four of thrash, which we'll talk about in our 80s and also our thrash metal uh, episodes, yes. uh, when they finally <laughs> uh, came together, like in 2015, maybe, uh, they they all, a couple members from each band, except for Slayer, because they didn't want to do Am I Evil, <laughs> uh, they, did, they did Am I Evil together, all of them on stage, because yes. they were evil, you know? Dave yeah. Mustaine is back with Metallica. <gasps> The way it should be. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Slayer wanted to do uh, Four Horsemen, which oh, would yeah. have been fun. 
and cool, but um, uh, Metallica didn't want that because it was their song, you know. So that's it's what happens. Like, Personality. Yeah, it's and they didn't like, want to be seen as like the the one that's better than the rest of them. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, See, these guys are caring sense. people. I mean, no. they like <laughs> satanic music, but they're. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, it's the actions, not the type of music you listen to. True exactly. That. 100%. I I hope when I'm a parent that I um, hear whatever you know kids music. I'm probably gonna hate it, but I'm gonna have an open mind because I'm gonna be like, yeah. I was that kid too. That's yeah, the best. Listen to the stupid that's whatever. Exactly, that's what exactly what you need. Exactly. I, uh, based on personalities, I'm an INTP. Uh, on like, <laughs> you know, on the what's your Myers Briggs, bro? <laughs> yeah, on the Myers Briggs like website, it says that like, and I, I, INTP are like really open minded and they let their kids do whatever they want for the most part, like have them, give them a little structure, but like mostly let them do their own yeah. thing. See, I would do that, but that's just because I don't have a spine. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm afraid okay. of being the avoids conflict at all cost parent. Oh yes, oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. Everything is fine. Yeah, you know the meme. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Here's another strange <laughs> turn. I know much too much about this. The Beatles solo careers. Mm. So the Beatles were big in the '60s. You may have heard of them. And then 1970s, they come along and they break up and they each do their solo things. I'm going to start with Ringo Starr because the mm. only song I like of his from the 70s is Photograph. It's a really good song, but that's that's about it. Also, this might have been in the 80s, but he went on to become the narrator for the Thomas and Friends series. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> so Damn. that was interesting. Um, I can look that up. George Harrison, fairly underrated. He released the first album on his own after the Beatles broke up. So like of all four of them, George was the first one to release his own album. All Things Must Pass, I believe it's called, mm. with the lead single My Sweet Lord becoming a big hit. I also really like from that same album, Wah Wah. Wah and Wah. the opening line from a song later in the 70s of his called Cracker Box Palace, the opening line is, I was very young when I was born. Wow. I just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> Genius. I too was very young when I was born. Yes. John Lennon. Now, a lot of people talk about his solo career a lot because... It was cut short, but even if it wasn't, I genuinely believe John Lennon had the best solo career. Um, although one of his songs got ruined. All right, so I'm gonna go on in a completely different thing separate from John Lennon now, because that's what I do. Phil Spector was a producer. He just died recently, oh. but he was also like, he also murdered someone. Oh. So uh, I don't really oh. miss him that much, but Phil Spector is infamous for the things he did with songs, and I will never forgive him. He was known for creating this idea of the wall of sound, which is basically mm. just overproducing the crap out of a song and making like it that. unlistenable. That's uh, awful. In 1970, songs. one of the Beatles' last songs, it was one of Paul's tunes, called The Long and Winding Road. It was a beautiful thing. Uh, the recording was just Paul and a piano in the studio, and he wanted to add, like, one violin in the back, like, the same way they did for yesterday. Mm. And that demo was perfect. Then Phil Spector got a hold of it and added an entire freaking orchestra. Became unlistenable. All of the Beatles hated his guts after that. 
But then John Lennon still had him produce some of his music afterwards, which I'm confused about. But he is not very liked, and he kind of popularized that whole wall of sound idea, but it's not really a good one. Um, Which he did for one of my, it would be one of my favorite John Lennon songs, Nobody Loves You When You're Down and Out. Again, the demo, just John and a piano and his voice, beautiful song. But Phil Spector added a freaking orchestra and slowed it down like 30 BPM. It's unlistenable. It's just so slow. Like, I can't listen to it on Spotify. I have to change the speed to like 1.25 or 1.5. It was not good. That sucks. But anyway, that's one of his songs. Um, The Christmas song, uh, Happy Xmas, War is Over. Um, That's genuinely one of my favorite Christmas songs ever. That puts me in such a good place. I just, he did a great job with that one. Instant Karma, Whatever Gets You Through the Night, which was his only number one single in the 1970s. It was a duet with Elton John. Uh, Power to the People, which became kind of an activist anthem. Uh, (laughs) There's one he did in 1972 called Woman is the N-Word of the World. Uh, With his wife, right? Yes. And the... N-word was not the words used. It was the actual N-word. Oh, okay. But it was a really... You actually listen to the message of the song. It talks about, like, how women are viewed so subserviently and how men just boss them around. And, like, that was a huge thing to do in the 1970s because that was, like, still the predominant culture. Yeah. And John used that phrasing for a reason because everyone talks about it because the N-word... But then his point was like, oh, to start a deeper conversation about how we view women in society. Interesting. Good so that's point. fairly interesting. <laughs> and then his, uh, his wife, Yoko Ono, mm-hmm. uh, her last name says it all. Oh, no. Uh, one of her hits in 1972 is called We're All Water. And they performed it together on the Dick Cavett Show in 1972. And in the middle of this song, she starts her um, typical screaming kind of thing and um that's that's just fun to listen to every now and then if you need a good laugh um that was john lennon probably the best i've saved paul mccartney for last because while while he did a lot his solo career was the worst i will tell you why eventually so that was actually 1980 but Paul McCartney started with just him and his wife releasing songs such as Ram On and Uncle Albert, uh, Admiral Halsey, pretty good ones. Then he made his own band called Wings. Before Red Bull gave you wings, Paul McCartney gave you wings. Mm. <laughs> Some of their big songs in the 70s were Band on the Run, Live and Let Die, which was made for 007 back in the day. Ooh, okay. uh, She's My Baby, Arrow Through Me, which are all great songs. But there is one reason why Paul McCartney has the worst solo career ever. At the very end of 1979, he releases the single worst song ever created. Wonderful Christmas time. Temporary secretary is the alarm on my phone. But wonderful Christmas time. You either love it or you hate it. I will die on this hill. Wonderful Christmas time. The worst song ever created. I'm up there with Anthony Fantano. It's just it's so obnoxious. I cannot believe Paul McCartney of all people made that. Atrocious. I think most Christmas songs are obnoxious, but yeah, 
That Fair enough. Especially. <laughs> Christmas is a corporate invention after all. <laughs> um, I would believe it. All right, my next artist here, Will oh, Bithers. Oh, before we go on to that, yes. uh, Beatles, two questions. Yes. A, so you know what are the, the music in the Blue Coat show about the Beatles? Is that <laughs> 70s Beatles or is that... The, most of it was late 60s, which is late not 60s. the era I listened to. Okay. I listened to what I call the boy band Beatles, which is everything up to 66. Okay. Most of the music in the Blue Coat show was 66 and after, which is what most people know the Beatles for, but I like their boy band era. Soon. Okay, <laughs> makes sense. So uh, just to explain what you're talking about, uh, of pretty popular drum and bugle corps, the Blue Coats, did yes. a show in 2019 dedicated to the Beatles music. And it was really interesting to hear um, a brass uh, drum line and uh, orchestral pit take yes. on the Beatles music. So that was really interesting. And my other question, I know you're going to say something, but I'll just ask it so I don't forget. How come the Beatles broke up? Like, uh, what, I don't know. What, what's they the attribute it to a lot of different things. In my opinion, the writing was basically on the wall from the beginning because the four of them were all so talented on their own that they just uh, wanted to do their own things. A lot mm -hmm. of people say Yoko Ono, John's yeah. wife, broke <laughs> them up. That's a popular theory. And while it's n t realistically not true, I like to believe it because I don't like Yoko Ono that much. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was a lot. Uh, also, their manager Brian Epstein died in 1967, and from that point on, they managed themselves, which is not Never something that's recommended <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing, Never which they really decision. didn't. Mm. Uh, All right, thank you. That's why they broke up. Next artist. Were you going to say something, Riley? Oh, yes. Did they have music in the 70s? I thought they broke up the Beatles, like in the late 60s. It's confusing. They recorded Let It Be in like 68, 69, and yeah. then they recorded Abbey Road. They released Abbey Road first, though, oh. in 1969, even though it was the last album they recorded. So Let It Be was actually released in 1970. Oh, okay. But by that point, everyone knew it was their last album. Mm. I it's kind of it's it's weird. Okay. Recording okay. agencies are so strange. They, so they yeah. So they made it to 1970. So like you could talk about the Beatles not separate in this podcast, but technically like, only one album. The so. Long and Winding Road was released in 1970, for instance. Phil Spector go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, On to Will Bithers. Oh. Bill Withers. When His big gone. hits in this decade, Ain't No mm. Sunshine, Use Me, and mm. Lean On Me. Oh, He is just one of those songs. artists that no matter what kind of music you listen to, I haven't met a person who I've played Bill Withers for and they disgustingly go, you turn this off. Oh. Which is how most people react to my music anyway. Oh, but he's such a good artist. He is, mm. he is very, he is very, he is very bueno. <laughs> Next up, The Who. Mm. The Who were one of those British bands. They were already like well into their thing by the time 1970s came around. But their big hits of this decade, The Seeker, Baba O'Reilly, Won't Get Fooled Again, and Who Are You? And here's another case of one of the best drummers ever, Keith Moon. Filled his drum set with explosives for a TV performance. Because that's what the 70s was. Okay. And he died untimely, I believe, in either 77 or 78. Wow. Oh, it must have been 78, because Who Are You was released then. Uh, drugs and alcohol, man. They Use them responsibly. Too, they too many artists. They really do. Speaking of drugs and alcohol, The Doors didn't do much, because they were mostly in the 60s. 
They released Riders on the Storm in 1971, mm-hmm. which Ooh. was really great. Good song. And then Jim Good Morrison song. died shortly after at uh-huh. the age of 27 because of drugs, I believe. 27 Club, baby. Yeah. Who else is from... Who else in the 27 Club died in the 70s? Um, I'll get you think a list of and get back to you guys. I... Sid Vicious might have been... Jimmy no, Hendrix. No. no, he looked... No. I thought the Jimmy Hendrix died in the 60s. Jimmy Hendrix? <laughs> what? No, that's Kyle Hendrix. Oh that's my right. god. This uh, is why. Holy <laughs> wow. Jimmy Hendrix is one of the greatest guitarists of all time, but yeah. I think he died in the late 60s. I thought I thought it was like actually 1970, but he, his Maybe. music was in the 60s. Yeah. Then uh, again, I, I might be totally know. wrong about all of this, which is what I'm known Jimmy to Jimmy Hendrix, yeah. Oh, he died in 70, so... And briefly, yeah, briefly mentioned Jimi Hendrix, one of the greatest guitarists of all time. The math uh, adds up. He was 27. <laughs> yeah. Also, oh, yeah. He's his probably ver- the most famous 27 club member. His probably. version of the national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner, is really good. I like uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, next up, I got a list for you guys if you'd like to talk about the 27 club in the 70s. Hmm, real quick, sure, might like. as well. Go for it. We're prob- we should probably end part one right yeah. about here. So we'll give the list, and then we'll explain to you what we're doing from here, because we have a lot to talk about. So, we like talking. rest in peace to Alan Wilson, also known as Blind Owl. Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, he died in 70. We talked about that. Janis Joplin. Janis Joplin! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Arlister Christian, known as Dyke. Mm-hmm. Jim Morrison. Yep. Oh, okay. Linda Jones. Jim Morrison. Of The Doors. The Doors, okay. Leslie oh, Harvey. <laughs> Ron McKernan, also known as Pigpen. <laughs> Roger Lee Durham. Uh, Wallace Yan, known as Wally. Wally. I apologize. I don't know many. <laughs> That's of these okay. Names. Yeah. Dave Alexander, Pete Ham, Gary Tane, Thane. Hmm. Not sure. Cecilia. Uh, oh, I'm definitely gonna butcher this. Helmut Kolen, Kolen, I think. Hmm. I I apologize. <laughs> Chris Bell. Another one I'm gonna butcher. Zenon de Fleur. Hmm. Jacob Miller is the last one in 1980. So okay. rest in peace to all of those specifically from the 70s. Oh, gone yes. too soon at the age of 27. If you don't know what the 27 Club is, it's a bunch of... Uh, Artists, yeah. actors. Yeah, famous people. A bunch of famous people who all died at the age of 27. Very is... frequently due to drugs and alcohol. Most yes. of them, Because the party culture just does that to you. We are in a party culture. We are in a dorm room. And you know what's going to happen from here. Our neighbors are not going to like us. We're going to have to do a part two. Because there's a bit more to cover here. Yep. So we're maybe going to cut this, maybe not. Uh, this will still be... We'll just release a second episode this week. They might be yeah. two slightly shorter ones or two full-length ones. We'll yeah, see. We have to go the next one third. might be like 15 minutes long. Who knows? Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're going to find out. Um, so sorry to end on a little bit of a somber note. So let's say one happy thing. Your favorite 70s artist, go. Favorite? Se- oh my god. Um, go, um, go, um, go. Or just top three. Uh, Letty, Letty Zeppelin. Letty Zeppelin. Okay, Riley. Uh, Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. Okay. Mine is Queen, since they're the only one whose music... And, no, take it back. Bill Withers. All and right. Queen. All right. So there's our happy note. Let us know your favorite, favorite. 70s artist. <laughs> Let us know in the comments below. Be sure to smash that smash like button. Smash that like button. <laughs> Absolutely demolish that subscribe bell. Yeah. Uh, ring, 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 ring the Liberty, the Liberty bell. bell. I can subscribe Jake Paulers. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Riley's collecting those COVID safety things under his desk, and I didn't realize until now. That's really cool. <laughs> this is a really, really awkward outro, but just make sure to eat your Wheaties and tune in. That's what we do. Probably, probably Thursday. Part two is coming. Bye. Yeah.